0: Welcome to The Show Up Dad, the podcast where we explore the world of fatherhood and discover their strategies, insights, and stories that empower dads to show up for their families. I'm your host, David Mendonca, and today we have a very special guest joining us. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for their support. This episode of The Show Up Dad is brought to you by Tallman Equipment, a leading provider of high quality tools and equipment for the power line industry. With Tallman Equipment, dads can confidently tackle any project knowing they have the right tools at their disposal. Visit TallmanEquipment.com to explore their wide range of products and discover how they can help you level up your line game. Additionally, I'd like to give a special shout out to the Show Up Dad Foundation, an organization dedicated to supporting fathers in their journey towards becoming the best versions of themselves. Through their workshops, resources, and community, the Show Up Dad Foundation empowers dads to show up. Be present and make a positive impact on their children's lives. To learn more about their mission and how you can get involved, visit the showupdadfoundation.org. Now let's get back to our guest. Joining us on today's episode is Brad Baldridge, one of the nation's leading college financial experts. With over 20 years of experience, Brad has dedicated his career to helping families navigate the complex world of college planning, saving, and payment. He understands the challenges parents face when it comes to making their children's college dreams a reality without jeopardizing their finances or retirement. So whether you're a dad who's just beginning to think about college planning or someone who's already knee deep in the process, this episode is for you. Get ready to learn from the very best as we welcome Brad Baldritz to Show Up Dad. Brad, thanks for being on our show today. We want to welcome you. And before we dive into any myths and misconceptions about college, brother, let's start with a fun question I want to ask you, okay? All right. If you could go back in time and give your high school self one piece of advice about college, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Get involved. Hmm. And I think it would, you know, and that would be apply for high school as well. Just I wasn't, it's kind of shy and, you know didn't get involved as much as I could have and should have would have been fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I didn't realize what I was missing and kind of bloomed later in life yeah well that that comes with uh growth right and
0: maturity too do you think
1: oh yeah for sure
0: (laughs) yeah well what I wanted to talk about Brad is I'm a blue-collar father Uh, our listeners are blue-collar fathers but at the end of the day a dad is a dad OK, no matter what. Right. And one of the things that I know for me, I'm, I'm having my daughter. OK, she's 17. She's going to be graduating from school. And we didn't plan for her college at all. Like, you know, I'm actually pretty happy at the fact that she got exceptionally good grades. She had all AP classes and the opportunity for her to go to college is there. But she wants to start off her own business with photography and she wants to get involved in that route. And, you know, both my wife and I have already saved up money for her to be able to go that route and, you know, with photography classes and whatever else she needs to help her be as successful as possible. But for a dad who's late in the game like that, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Like, what are, what are some of the uh, challenges that, I'm going to be facing coming up
1: if yeah, she chooses
0: so, to go to college.
1: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that you're in a, what I would call late stage college planning, which is once mm-hmm. you're in high school, it's really go time. You really have to figure it out from college visits to understanding financial aid, understanding what it costs. Um, the students are going to have to do applications for admission and maybe do ACT or SAT testing which are college entrance exams. Um, a lot of stuff goes on at the high school around college in many high schools. And then as parents, we have to figure out how it's all gonna be paid for. Whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, the reality is the way financial aid works is they look at mom and dad's income and assets. They also look at the student's income and assets, but any student that's younger than 24, they automatically report parents' assets with a few exceptions, right? So if the student yeah. is married themselves, then they don't have to report mom and dad. Or if they're separate from active military, um, they have children of their own. There's a few ways that you know they may not report mom and dad, but most families mm-hmm. aren't going to plan. They're not going to say, I know how we're paying for college. Why don't you go get married? That's not, not what most parents are going to tell their 18-year-old looking for college. So in the end, they're going to look at mom and dad's income and assets and the student's and base the financial aid on what they see there. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the first step is, you know, parents are intimately involved in the process for the typical kid that is rolling out of high school and going to college. And, you know, I get, they're not using that information nefariously occasionally we have parents that say, well, I don't want to give them all that information. It's like, well, generally the government already has it. You just have to give them permission to take it from the IRS side of the to the college side Yeah, Um, And they're, you know, they've seen it all before. It's nothing, you know, too shocking. It's like applying for a mortgage or a lot of other things that we do, right? It's just the way it works. Um, But in that process, if mom and dad earn a lot of money and they say, well, we just choose not to pay for college, the financial aid side of the world is going to say, well, mom and dad can afford to help. So we expect them to. And if mom Mm -hmm. and dad say, well, I don't want to. Well, then typically the student's not going to go or the student's going to have to work, you know, nearly full time and go to school part time or do, you know, do whatever they can to do it on their own. But yeah. because mom and dad's income disqualifies the student from some of the aid that they might otherwise get. Now, if mom and dad's income is relatively low and the student is often low because they're high school kids, then yeah. you may qualify for aid and then and kind of go from there. But mom and dad are going to have to report that information to allow the student to be qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you give the information to the colleges doesn't automatically mean they're sending you the bill and they expect you to pay it. They're just yeah. using it to decide how much aid the student is eligible for and how much they really should be asking mom and dad. Because, again, that's the way the system's set up. Whether we like it or not, it's assumed that mom and da- it's mom and dad's responsibility to help with college
2: mm-hmm. uh, until the
1: student, mm-hmm. again, turns 24, you know, grows up, has a degree already or something like that. Yeah.
0: What is some of the reasons why a parent wouldn't want to give that information?
1: Um, Most of the times it's privacy concerns. Okay. You know, like, well, what are they going to do with this? And if I give out the information, then they're going to send me the bill and that kind of stuff. Or, Mm. and again, and sometimes just not willingness to participate in the student's life or something like that. but. Again, there's occasionally people just get nervous about, well, why do they need my taxes and why are they, you know, I'm not going to college. Why do they care what I do? Well, again, the reason is they look at parents and the student. Mm -hmm. Um, So in general, because of that, Mm -hmm. you know, mom and dad have to be actively involved in the process. And usually they are anyway because a typical 17, 18-year-old is going to have a tough time you know, taking that next step into college all on their own. I mean, there's some kids yeah. out there that can and do do it on their own, but they're the, you know, they're the self-driven, very organized types of kids. And, yeah. you know, they're relatively rare. Many other students are going to need parent involvement and help with things like school visits and filling out forms and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, figuring out what they want to be when they grow up. And they also have, you know, you also have access to school counselors at the high school and other professionals if you need them. But yeah, it is a pretty complex process these days.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense too, as parents, I mean, you're the primary caretaker of that, that child, right? I mean, young adult, Um, why not get you involved? You know, that way the student understands what is actually taking place. You know what I mean? (laughs) Versus just here, sign here, sign here, sign here. And now you have all this debt. Good luck. Right. You know, absolutely. Uh, I know there were some schools that got shut down for that. They're uh, predatory lending. Yes. You know, yeah. and um,
1: yeah, so that's, right. uh, that's, and that's a scary thing. Part of, the, you know. part of the challenge is we really need to vet the schools and the degrees and that kind of stuff. You know, there's a big question out there. Is college worth it? Mm-hmm. And I think that the question needs to be changed is, is, quality, is college worth it for my student? or mm-hmm. the students asking the question is it worth it for me right because there's great examples of well if you're going to go on and get your engineering degree or your nursing degree and go get a quality job and and off your you know launch your career and everything's fantastic well great then college mm-hmm. is for you for sure if mm-hmm. you're going to go for 3 years run up a bunch of debt and then not graduate and then go to work you know in retail or something and not make a lot of money but still have a lot of student loans you have to pay back. Well, that was a mess, right? Yeah. In that situation, college probably wasn't right for you. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: think that's kind of the first step is, you know, some students are very academic and very focused and they're going to do fantastic almost no matter what they do. Well, there you go. Right. They'll do fantastic. That's an easy situation to deal with. Mm -hmm. At the end of the end of the spectrum there's the kids that, you know, really need to grow up or, you know, are, gonna struggle or they're not academic and they already hate high school and sending them to college you know is not a good fit and they know it and they're resisting it and then unless parents force them which is never a good idea in my opinion Mm -hmm. they're not going to go to college and that's fine too there's a lot of other paths to success that don't include college it's the match in the middle where you know maybe it's the right path maybe it's maybe not it might depend if they get to the right school with the right major, that might be very successful. But if they pick the wrong school or the wrong major, then maybe it won't be as successful. And, you know, those are the ones where a lot of challenge and effort and thought and concern and worry for most mm-hmm. parents. That's where I see that, right, is of, well, you know, they did okay in high school. They think they want to go go work in business, but they're not sure, and they're not sure about their major, and school's kind of expensive, Mm -hmm. we put all this money, are they going to be the one that drops out? Are they going to be the one that buckles down and turns their life around and really goes for it? It's hard to tell right now, should we take the risk or not? And I think that really boils down a lot to, can you afford the risk, Mm. right? I mean, if you're saying we're going to take a bunch of debt and this is going to be really scary, and if they don't get a degree to help us pay it back, you know, we're, we're, making a disaster Then you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing it. Certainly not for the kid where you're not sure. Right. If again, if it's the kid that's going to yeah. go off and be very successful, that's a different question, right? There's a lot less risk for the kid mm-hmm. that's always gotten A's and continues to get A's and, you know, thrives in the high school and he's recommended by all the teachers and everybody loves him. And well, Hey, that kid, you, you take some risk, take on some debt, help him, help him out. And they can pay you back when they graduate. You know, that's a little mm-hmm. different again to where I see a lot of families where, you know, they're saying things like, well, he says he wants to go to college, but if I don't actually sit him down and work with him and help him do the, all the paperwork and all the essays, and you know, he probably won't get the applications done. You know, we we'll, mm-hmm. he'll say he wants to six months later, we'll have that same discussion. He will have done a thing six months later. He'll say he wants to, but he hasn't done a thing. So if we leave it up to him, it just isn't going to happen. So yeah, then the parents have have to decide, should I get involved or should I not? Um, Yeah. But I think that's the number one thing is when people say this is fantastic or this is good or this is what you should do or this is, is it boiled down to, is that what everybody should do? If they're saying it very generically, like, well, you don't know my kid, so how can you know that, right? Well, then it's probably not good advice. Yeah. You know advice that where someone says you know i've been in that situation or i know about that situation and here's some options that might mm-hmm. be helpful i think it's much better advice because you know the whole idea that everybody should go to college and then college should be free and all these kind of ideas are yeah. weight you know they're painting everybody with the same brush and it's just not mm-hmm. helpful i think for most situations
0: no, I agree with you. I mean, we had a past guest, Dr. Stephen Poulter said, you know, um, we're talking about college, right? He said that a lot of mothers right now are actually writing essays for their kids to get into college and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, where do you draw the line to where is this your dream or is it your child's dream, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're doing all this stuff and it's turning disastrous because the kid is only going to go through the motions just to appease their parents or whatever, you know, I know pe- some parents where they're like, okay, as long as you're going to college, we're going to pay for everything. And the moment you don't go to college, we're taking away everything. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. Now you're, you're kind of, you know, strong I armoring mean, your child there, bro. You know, that's not cool. You know what I mean? The world, <laughs> my dad had a saying, he said, the world needed ditch diggers too. Right. Yes. And college isn't for everybody. Like you said, same thing, like with the line industry that I deal with. Right. Not everybody can be alignment. And that's what I'm seeing nowadays. It's like, man, guide your child, raise your child, help them make wise decisions, but let them make their own decisions. Don't be making decisions for them,
1: right? Right, absolutely. And I think that's right. Hopefully you've done, you know, when the kids are younger, you know, you need to step in a lot. You gotta, you know, you make sure yeah. they get to school when they're in second grade, Mm -hmm. maybe at seventh grade, you stop making sure they get to school and let them deal with the consequences when they show up late and they get a detention Mm -hmm. and you say, well, you know, maybe you should set an alarm and then you wouldn't have to be in detention. You know, so, Mm -hmm. so moving through those stages, college is kind of that next stage where if you've done a reasonably good job in some of the earlier stages, college transition is going to be a little bit easier. Mm. If you haven't done some of those stages where they can't set their own alarm clock, they've always depended on parents, you know, to get fed, to get to where they need to go, to you know, and all of a sudden they don't mm-hmm. have that support. That can be a big challenge. So, you know, again, raising raising kids and through the younger years to be, and again, it applies to wherever they go next, not just college, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: just to understand a little more of the world and. Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier about common sense. Can common sense be taught or, but, you know, we've all met the people that don't have much and you kind of wonder how they survive in life. And uh, that's part of the challenge, I think. Yeah.
0: And and it's, it's definitely interesting when I run into people like that and it's like, I could automatically kind of point out like, okay, so this is what they weren't shown or whatever, you know, just because we all know age does not determine maturity at all. You know, I I know people that are 45 years old, man, and they still act like a 17 year old. And I've seen 21 year old kids that have more emotional maturity than the 45 year old. You know what I mean? So it's all about how we raise our children. And I like how you put it. It starts with that foundation from early on, right? If your kids are proving to you that they can handle responsibility, something that we need to train them in, then that's a good indication that hey, okay, maybe they could handle the responsibility of college too. Let's 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 uh, let's get them rolling in that direction if that's what they want to do. And I right. like that you said that. You know, it's it's all foundation building
1: up to that point, right? Right, absolutely. And then I think another important step is, you know, is a college degree required for where they want to go? Right. So you take mm-hmm. a profession like. Uh, teaching, right? If you want to become a third grade math teacher or a third grade teacher in general, well, you're pretty much going to need an elementary education degree and you're going to have to go to college to get it as, you know, the most obvious path for most people to get to that job. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to be a musician, well, what, you know, what degree do you need for that? Or do you even need a degree, right? If you want to be a rock star kind of musician, you could go to college or not. It, it probably isn't going to make much difference in your, your success. If you want to mm-hmm. be in the symphony, well, then maybe you need to have some classical training. Maybe not. I don't know enough about the symphony, but a lot of the professions, you know, and when's the last time you hired a professional for something? And it's like, where did you do your undergrad? Really? You went to that mm-hmm. college? Oh, well you can't touch me doc. You know, you picked the wrong college. I, I don't want to work with you. You mm-hmm. know, most of us now are, you know, show me what you can do. And if you can do it well, you know, you're the guy for me. So that graphic design or musician or a lot of businesses and small businesses, especially, you know, they're in some Mm -hmm. niche and you're looking for that expert. You don't really care how they became the expert. The real question is, can you help me with my problem? If the answer is yes, you're hired. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I think needs to be thought through of, again, there's very, if you want to be a nurse you probably want to need a nursing degree Mm -hmm. on the flip side. If you get a nursing degree, you're most likely, you know, path is nursing, right? They're very tied together. If you go and get a business degree, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to work in accounting. You're going to be the boss. You're going to be in sales. You're going to be in operations. You're going to be lots of different things you could do with a general business degree as far as Mm -hmm. where you land next. Um, and then some of the jobs that you might get with a business degree may not even require the degree, right? If you want to mm-hmm. a, a successful salesperson may or may not have a degree. And certainly sales is not taught in general in college. Yeah. And there's probably exceptions. I'm not aware of every college's program, but it's a skill set. I think that in general is not covered much in college. And a lot of times that's learned on your first job or your summer internship where you sold cell phones or whatever it might be.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For
1: sure. School of hard knocks. Right. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Now I, I found it interesting. You're talking about how, you know, fears that families might have and, and, and stuff like that and different challenges, you know, that come to face families. Right. Um, What are some strategies or resources that you can recommend to help navigate through some of the challenges that these families might have with their fears? You know what I mean? As far as, you know, is this kid ready? You know, I mean, what kind of strategies can they put in place?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the first step, I think, is for everybody to get more educated about how college works and how college is paid for. Mm hmm. Um, you know, going on college visits and kind of kicking the tires at some of the colleges and learning about the process. And again, colleges, you know, they want students to come Mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, they have their sales teams, you know, they're called admissions, but it's their job to get the right kids to sign up and show up. And that's how they're judged. Now, hopefully it's the right kids and not just anybody that will pay the bill. So, you know, you got, you know, buyer beware still applies just like everywhere else, right? It's not the college's responsibility to verify, you know, what they're selling you is exactly what you need or not. It's, it's your responsibility. And, you know, so a little bit of buyer beware, but in general colleges, if they can turn out quality graduates that get good jobs and everybody wins Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's where colleges want to be. And you mentioned earlier that there are some colleges out there that got themselves in trouble because they were, yeah, take advantage of the, the student aid system and they were pushing people to get a lot of aid for a degree that wasn't very valuable. And I think that's, you know, part of the vetting process of, well, does it mm-hmm. matter if my degree comes from this college or that college? Mm-hmm. And in some majors and in some career paths, you know, they're all kind of created equal. Yeah. You know, the old joke of what do they call the guy that graduated last from medical school? Doctor. Hmm. Doctor. <laughs> right. He's still a doctor, even though he yeah. was the last in his class. Now, the guy that failed, he's not called doctor, but the guy that graduated last in his class, he's called doctor. When's the last time you said, What was your GPA in medical school? Well, nobody, right? Yeah. It D- doesn't matter as long as you completed the degree in some degrees. And then, what was your quality of service? Last five times I came to you, you solved my problems. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. coming back, it, right? Whereas if yeah. they can't solve your problems, you stop going. And that's has nothing to do with their degree or where they got their education. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, in, in some professions, and rightly so, we want high high quality. We want to make sure people have the right licenses have done the right education and try and vet things and make sure, you know, if you're working in safety or medical fields or that type of stuff, you know, they don't want people that don't know what they're doing, you know, filling those spots if they can help it. So yeah. There's always this balance of, you know, that guy had with the degree, does he know more than the guy without the degree? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not, but sometimes it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I know for me, Brad, I,
0: uh, it was ingrained in us as children. You know, my dad is a blue collar dad, right? He worked and, It was always ingrained in us. I remember him specifically telling me, use your, your mind, not your back. He'd always tell me that. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh, so I grew up with that in my head, you know, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to college. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go to college. Right. Um, I eventually went to the military because, you know, some unfortunate uh, incidents happened to me. And um, I went to the military, got out of the military and then I decided, okay, well, what do I need to do? I'm going to go to college. So I went to one of these predatory lending schools um, that's no longer around. And um, I got a two-year degree, computer networking. And man, I was up to my ears in debt, right? Um, Unfortunately, I didn't have the character or accountability to utilize my GI Bill correctly. So I I drank a lot of it away, (laughs) you know? Um, So I had this, this debt, right? And, uh, unfortunately I had to deal with it even going into my marriage, you know, cause when you marry somebody that, that debt's still there, it doesn't go away. You know what I mean? And now your debt becomes their debt. Right. Right. And uh, I brought that into our marriage and stuff like that. So I had to pay for that and uh, it sucked. It really did. You know, I wasn't no longer in that career anymore because it kind of got washed out and taken over. And a lot of the, the, businesses I work for, were not paying for the certifications that you needed to continue up, like to get a Cisco degree and stuff like that. Right. And it sucked. You know what I mean? So I had to make a decision to change my career. Cause I was, I was starting to start, you know, have my family. I'd gotten married. My daughter had just been born and I got tired of, uh, putting away diapers and, and, you know, checking to see if uh, do I have enough money for diapers or I'm going to keep the lights on this week. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I, I had to make a decision, and I went into the line trade, which my family are all linemen, and I did that decision, never looked back since. So that's my experience with the whole college thing, and I think that kind of scares me a little bit with even my own daughter. You know, but like you said, if they're showing you a good track record, and you know if you can help them navigate the right way to not get themselves in a bind, right? right. It could go very well with them, you know, but I could see where that stigma would be around, especially for someone that has went through it like that, you know, who started off in college and stuff and then want a blue collar anyways, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's uh what other stigmas do you see behind colleges like that with, with fathers and stuff, you know, fears yeah. or whatever.
1: Well, I think there's, you know, the the stereotypes of, you know, certain races or whatever that, you know, that's like, well, I had two choices when I grew up. I could either be a doctor or a lawyer, right? Mm. I mean, there's some parents that are just, that that's the only defa- definition of success, right? Yeah. You have to do these things. So I see a lot of families on the one, one end of the spectrum are like, well, we got to get the kid in the right kindergarten so we can get them in the right grade school so we can get them in the right middle schools so we get them in the right high school so they can get in the right college and then they'll have a great successful life and Mm -hmm. that's just a lot of pressure and a lot of you know challenge i think for most kids you know for a few kids that's a great path yeah but for a lot of kids it's like well they don't you know will that get them where they're going who knows right because when you talk to a lot of you know people out there in general, mm-hmm. a lot of them have that, as you you know, like what you mentioned, they have that sharp left turn in their career path mm-hmm. that they didn't see coming. Right. I have an engineering degree and here I am talking about college planning. Now, do I regret my engineering degree? No, it taught me a lot of numbers and how to do a lot of planning. And, you know, so I took my my problem solving skills and shifted them into college planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great path for me, but if someone said, how do you become a college planner, I'm not sending them to engineering school (laughs) that, you know, that's the way I did it. It's not the way someone else is going to do it. Right. So that's, I think the, you know, the other piece of it, right. Is people will find their paths Mm. and you know, some will have a tougher time and some will, you know, go straight through, right. You know, I have three kids. My youngest is 17 now, and my oldest is 21, just turned 21. So I've got mm-hmm. two in college, and they're all different, right? My oldest was has been very academic, very math and science. He's on his well on his way to an engineering degree. The next one's interested in physical therapy, and then my youngest, who's in high school, has no clue what yeah. she wants to be when she grows up, and it's starting to become a challenge, right? Because we're should be visiting colleges and trying to figure out where she's going to go and kind of plan her life, so to speak, and what she wants to Mm -hmm. do when she grows up. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because she's very undecided. And I think that's Mm -hmm. another big challenge that families have. If parents were undecided and had that varied career path and stuff, they're much more forgiving and saying, well, they don't know, but they'll figure it out. If parents, however, were that type of kid where they said, you know, I went to school for this i studied that i got that career i've been in that career it was so i you know it was a nice straight line and so easy and obvious and then if their kids are like well we don't know it's like well just pick one you know we need mm-hmm. to know where you you know we need to know your path so we can get you and it it brings the whole process to a grinding halt sometimes when a student says well i don't know what i want to be when i grow up so now we can't visit colleges we can't choose degrees we can't choose majors. We can't, and what are we going to do? You Mm -hmm. know, so, and the right answer there, I think, is you're going to do something to help get unstuck or be okay with going to college undecided. Yeah. There are some colleges that that's their thing. That's who they want is the kids that are undecided. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, you know, so there's lots of that and kind of that big picture stuff. Yeah. Um, but on the and other I side could relate it, with that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, on the other side of it, you know, we've been talking a lot about big picture stuff. Then there's a um, lot of tactics and strategies that families can use to help with the cost of college, right? So if college, you know, the average state school is about 27000 The average private school is 57000 And that's total cost for one year. And that's tuition, room and board, books, fees, beer and pizza. You know, the whole yeah. average cost for college which is very expensive but that's list price mm-hmm. you know from there we get some money off we get our need-based aid merit aid sometimes loans um, scholarships all these different pieces that can bring that cost down mm-hmm. and now we're looking at a net cost right so some some families the net cost of college could be ten thousand for some families it could be 20 or 25. Depending on, you know, where where mom and dad's income is probably the biggest determination of that. Mom and dad's income and mom and dad's assets kind of determine that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you could go to a more expensive college, right? There are opportunities to spend sixty thousand a year on college or even ninety thousand a year on college. I'm not saying you should, I'm saying you could. Yeah. And you know, some families that have that kind of money. We'll happily spend it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just like when we were driving down the highway, we look over, and we see that really expensive sports car, and we go, wow, that's a waste of money. The guy driving it doesn't think it was a waste of money. He bought it. Yeah. Right? So it's one person's opinion versus another person's opinion. There's no right or wrong amount to spend on a car. Yeah. I think there's a right or wrong for you, depending on what the rest of your budget looks like, right? So that's the Mm -hmm. other thought process of how much can we afford to spend on college? And if you're going to uh, give up the lake home in order to spend crazy amounts of money on college, that's a lot different decision than saying we're going to blow up our f- finances. We're going to have a bunch of debt that we can- won't be able to pay back yeah. in order to pay too much for college. That's a completely different situation. Um, and then no matter what you do, if you, you know, use the, good strategies and good tactics around financial planning and college planning. Mm-hmm. You could save 10 or 20% on college by choosing the right loans and getting the right scholarships, picking the right schools and filling out the right applications the right way. And all of a sudden you get more aid or you get lower interest rates or you, and you save. So your net, your overall out-of-pocket cost for college goes down because you did it wisely. Well, that makes sense for everybody you can do the same thing when you buy a vehicle right some people just walk into the car dealership and say i'll take the blue one and they write a check other people do all kinds of shopping and test driving and say well you know do i need this car or that car and they put a lot of analysis into it and then maybe they don't write as big of check um, hmm. but more likely they're going to be happy with the car right they're less likely to have to take it back they're less likely of overpaying because they've done all of that legwork Some people just don't care. We see the same thing in college where people just say, I don't care what it costs. I'll just stumble through it and I'll pay whatever it costs. And I didn't even realize there was a better deal at a school across the street. I just didn't even look. And other people are going to do all kinds of analysis, all kinds of planning. And if, you know, and for the listeners out there, right, you know who you are, right? If you spend seven Saturdays to buy a car versus you know, you wake up one morning and say, Oh, I think I need a new car. And by noon, you've got a new car, you know, you know, the other side of it where you don't do as much analysis, um, mm-hmm. but I think those types of things are also what needs to be thought about of, if you're mm-hmm. going to do the process and do it well, it's going to take a lot of time and effort. You know, and I've got a lot of resources on my website to help with all that. Where, you know, What are yeah. the strategies and the tactics, you know, if you do this, you'll get more aid. If you do this you know, you can find better schools or here's a list that you can use, or here's a calculator that will help you figure out financial aid. All of that stuff, you know, needs to be done no matter what level of college you go to and no matter whether it's, you know, a good idea or not from the, from a student's perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, I agree with you. Um, You talked a lot about support, right? Like that's gonna take a lot of support from both mother and father, right? If you're fortunate enough to have both. Um, With that being said, Brad, what advice can you give to fathers so they don't feel intimidated about supporting their children's educational aspirations, especially if they themselves you know, didn't have the opportunity to pursue that higher education themselves. You know, like what advice can you give
2: them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I get, you know, some people that hire me to help with the college planning. Like I, You know, along those lines are kind of two groups, you know, parents that just didn't go to college at all. And then there's the other group of parents that went to college in some other country. So they're Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I, I did my studying elsewhere, so I don't know how the American system works. And since we're here in the U.S. now, you know, we have to learn the new system for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might that's part of the process, too, is, you know, learning enough, getting a mentor, perhaps, that does understand the college process, right? You know, so mm-hmm. sometimes there's a, you know, a brother or sister of the, you know, so it would be an aunt or uncle of the student that might mm-hmm. have been to college and they can step in and help a little bit more and explain some things. And, um, or you can literally go hire their professionals. That yeah. Can coach the student and can coach the parents on various aspects. Right. So I tend to work with parents and we do a lot on the money side of things mm-hmm. as far as how to save and invest and plan and fill out forms and financial aid and all that kind of stuff. There are experts out there that help students figure out what they want to be when they grow up, help them write essays, help them, you know, find a career path that's a good fit for their personality, you know, and all that type of thing. And mm-hmm. it could, you know, for a lot of families, the college is so expensive that it could be money well spent,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to make sure you're picking a path that at least has a chance of being the one the student really wants. Cause what's, yeah. you know, 25 years ago when I went to college or, you know, that's 35 years ago when I went to college, I'm getting old now. um, It wasn't unusual to run into that kid that changed their major three times and they've already been there six years. And they're saying things like, well, I'll graduate in another year and a half. And I was like, seven and a half years to graduate that, you know, but they changed their major. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And college wasn't that expensive. So it wasn't that terrible that they. Yeah spent so much time there with the prices as today. That's, that sounds like a nightmare to most parents to be yeah. extra years of college at tens of thousands of dollars. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So now there's a lot more pressure to get it right the first time Yeah, and do it as efficiently as we can mm-hmm. rightly so, cause it's so expensive, but it also that pressure gives that new dynamic for the, especially the kids that are undecided or mm-hmm. when mom and dad don't quite know what's going on. Um, as far as, because they don't have enough experience on their own. So Mm -hmm. you like I said, you can hire someone, you can, you know, I've got a podcast with 150 episodes or you can just start listening and learning. You can, you know, lots of different ways to get a little more up to speed. Yeah. Um, But then also just having that communication about, well, you know, are you the, you know, Do you have a chip on your shoulder for or against college? I mean, I've run into those parents, right? Where Mm -hmm. my kid wants to go, but it's such a waste of money. Why would he ever do that? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. with that attitude, I don't know that I can convince you because you've already decided college is a scam, right? Yeah. You've got, you know, when you're on the internet, oh, they indoctrinated my kid with these ideas. Well, I don't want to send my kids to be indoctrinated. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. Is that reality? A little, maybe at some schools, but you know, most kids can think for themselves and hopefully, uh, right. <laughs> and that's not a big issue, but maybe it is. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but hmm. again, for many students, college is you know a path that's almost required to get to where they think they want to go. Yeah. So, as parents, you you know. We need to support it where we can and help where we can. And again, sometimes it's, you know, we'll help the student borrow money. Mm -hmm. We don't have, you know, we can't give them the money. And other times it's, you know, we have money set aside. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't unusual for me to have a family that says, well, our budget is $100,000 per child. Unfortunately, the schools are looking at our $200,000. So now what? Yeah. And then it's like, well, you can probably find schools that would be, work out for a hundred thousand. Is it worth it to spend another hundred or have the student borrow another hundred? Maybe, depending on the school, depending on the major, depending on the career path. It, you know, mm-hmm. um, so there's not an automatic, well, that's always good or always bad. There's a many shades of gray.
2: Yeah. There's
0: definitely a lot of factors that are involved with this decision-making, right? Yes. Um, I think it was interesting that you talked about how some parents are like anti-college, you know, indoctrination and stuff like that. Um, I even hear that even at a lower level, as far as whether or not to take your kids and put them in public school versus, uh, you know, a private school, you know, or a -hmm. charter school. Um, And I'm always asked the question, Brad. What do you think about that? And it's like, if you're relying on this private school, and that's to say a a private Christian school, okay? If you're relying on this private Christian school to instill the morals, values, personal responsibility, and self-control that we are as fathers responsible for and instilling in our children to build that character and raise them to maturity, if you're relying on that school to do that, you need to seriously reassess your fathering Mm -hmm. because like you said, you know, or when I I caught it, when you're talking, you know, if you're worried about your kid being indoctrinated, you know, what kind of fathering did you do to your kid? You know, they should be able to, to stand up for right. They should be able to have these morals and values that you instilled in them to see through the bull crap if, it, if it's going to happen, right? Because you can't put your kid in a bubble their whole entire life, right? right? They're going to run into it. this is This is the world. This is the way it's going, you know? But if you're relying and you're wanting to put yourself in debt and all these different private schools, charter schools, stuff like that. And then you complain that, hey, man, you know, I, I spent all this money on my kids. I did this for them and they still turned out this way. It's like, man you're missing the point, brother. You should have been doing that at your house.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. You know, it kind of, kind of blows my mind, you know,
1: honestly. Right. Exactly. And even right. And that's the challenge I guess is there's a lot of work that could be done around just educating our kids. Yeah. And then there's a lot of work that could be around, you know, the sports and activities they get involved in. And there's a lot of work that could be involved in their college planning and Mm -hmm. And of course, we got to raise the money to cover all this stuff. So there's a lot of work to be done to raise, you know, to earn a living, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, another factor to think about is college is paid for with money, of course, but also time Mm -hmm. and stress. Yes. Right. So the process, you know, for some people that don't have as much money, they can put more time into it and find the better deals find the scholarships find the ways to keep the cost down for some people where they just don't they don't have the time then they can just write the check that works too and then there's the third category which is the stress around you know some kids thrive on the competition and really want to go for it and want to shoot for the moon and go for those very competitive schools and other kids don't want that kind of pressure And they would just Mm -hmm. rather go someplace that's a little more laid back and not so competitive and not get into the rat race if they don't have to. Mm -hmm. And knowing, you know, what, what you're looking for and figuring that out is worthwhile, Mm -hmm. but it takes time and effort. Um, And then that same philosophy that's college can be applied to high school. You know, should they go to a private high school? Is there one that's reasonably available? Should we check it out? Should we spend the time? Mm-hmm. My oldest, who was the academic, went to a private high school because he and he thrived. It was a great decision for him. Mm-hmm. His brother, who's one year behind him, when we started talking to him about, well, you want to go where your brother's going? He's like, no way. He does homework all the time. Why would I want to do that? Be mm-hmm. my friends and do a bunch of homework? No, I'll go with my friends to the local public school and mm-hmm. that was a great fit for him so i think that's the you know again part of the process of mm-hmm. finding what's the good fit and the, you know and it can be an overwhelming constant demand of okay well now do i you know if you had a kid that played baseball it's like do i need to hire a batting coach and a pitching coach and a you know do i want to get in bat involved is that that important or can he just go to the park and play baseball on Saturday morning? Mm-hmm. Both of those work where you put your time and effort and money, you know, kind of that same process around all areas. But, yeah, you know, I see a lot of parents that are very, you know, get the kids involved in all kinds of stuff and drag them everywhere and have them join a bunch of stuff and get them involved. Mm-hmm. And for the right kid, that's maybe the right path. But for other kids, other paths work too. So yeah, um, if we knew what the magic bullets were, you know, we would let everyone know. But it, that's the challenge. Yeah. Is what works for some doesn't work for others.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, even with the sports, like you're saying, I have friends that put their kids in so many different sports. I mean, they're all over the place. And it's like, man, the chances of your kid getting a D1 scholarship are slim to none, brother but you're just beating these kids down. I mean, you look at these kids and they haven't slept, they're tired, they're whiny, they're hungry. And it's like, no, no, we got to go. We got to go to your next club ball game or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, do you realize what you're doing to your kids? <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And there is kids that thrive on that. Like you said too, you know, right. There's but, some uh, kids
1: that want to do it, you know, and I, I've talked to those parents, right? Yeah. It's Like I keep telling them to drop out of a couple things. They're mm-hmm. so busy but they won't or can't or don't want to, or then they, they seem to thrive and they're doing well. So, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I let it go. You know, that's the way they, that's the way they roll. Right. I yeah. think what happens is if the kid's not into it and the parents are pushing something that's not, you know, and the, what the kids consider important, that's when it mm-hmm. the challenges start happening where the kid feels the pressure to participate in the sport because dad wants the athlete yeah that dad was never able to be himself or potentially or whatever that is right Mm -hmm. you know a lot of parents live through their children yep and that's their that's their job and their goal of you know making sure that their kids have all the opportunities and all the and i think i think that changes a lot when you have larger families Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right when you have four or five kids it gets to be physically impossible to show up to every game for every kid every time. Yeah. You start having to say, yeah, you're going to go play baseball with your team. And I'm not going to be there because I'm going to go to your sister's volleyball game this time. Mm -hmm. And you know, and most kids are just fine with it. Right. If that's the way life is there, it it works just fine. Um, But I've seen a lot of parents that feel the pressure of, well, I got to go to everything and be involved and cheer on my kid. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no you don't especially and again second grade yeah maybe you got to be the driver and you got to get it all organized and supervise and some of that kind of stuff and maybe you have to be the coach but when they're a junior in high school you know all of a sudden maybe you don't have to you -hmm. can if you want to and but there's a lot of kind of preconceived this is the way it should be and if you're not doing Mm -hmm. it that way you're doing it wrong yeah i uh
0: I know for us, for my wife and I, we chose because we have a seven-year age gap between my daughter, who's graduating now, and my middle son. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was like, do we want to really put on that stress on the kids to where we're going both places? I mean, my daughter, you know, she cheerleaded for a major high school here in Southern California. All their games were televised. They're one of the number one public school football teams in the nation right like texas football ain't got nothing on southern california football okay so with that being said it's a busy schedule she's cheerleading she's at these games she's all over the place right and we made the conscious decision to be like okay we'll wait for our kids to put the, we'll wait this is nakota's year this is her senior year we're gonna we're gonna allow Dakota to do what she needs to do we'll support her 100 be wherever she needs to be and then when she's done, we'll focus on the two boys. You know what I mean? And so far it's been working pretty great because, I mean, just even thinking about, okay, what are we going to do for the boys? Are they going to be in wrestling? Are they going to be in this, that, whatever this sport? How are we going to do it? You know, what about your job? You're, you're all over the place, David. You know what I mean? All this different stuff is already starting to build up all this different pressure. I'm like, hold on. Wait, let's think about this. Let's just focus on our one daughter right now. Let her have a great high school ending go out with a bash and then we'll focus on the boys you know so you're absolutely right it it makes a conscious you got to make a conscious decision on what you're going to do choose your heart i guess right Mm -hmm. absolutely no but uh wanted to ask you brad for fathers out there and their families right that ensure that their children are aware of the various career paths that are available to them, right? Including those in the trades and skilled labor and industries. Are there any resources or organizations that can help expose them to these opportunities that you know of as far as like uh, apprenticeships or anything like that?
1: Yeah, it's probably state by state, but I know here in Wisconsin, there's been a Mm -hmm. big push in the high schools now to make the students, college Mm -hmm. and career ready Mm -hmm. so they have resources and workshops and you know they certainly have the college fairs and all that stuff but they also have the opportunities to learn about the military to learn about apprenticeships to learn about local business Mm -hmm. and all and a lot of other things as well where so there's been a intentional shift away from well we're just gonna you know Everybody here, it's college prep now, and there's some private schools, especially, and also yeah. some communities where a vast majority of the kids are going off to college. And if it's a good fit for the vast majority, that's great. Because a lot of times, again, some of the high schools out there, that's their, that's their mandate, right? We're, we're college mm-hmm. prep high school. So if you're not thinking about college when you graduate, then maybe we're not a good fit for you. and You go sit somewhere else. Yeah, but I think that can be same said for, you know, if you don't think you want college or you want to look explore other options. Um, certainly, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, I know in our state, it's right at the high school, there's resources and through the Department of Education and other resources. What's available in each state, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to ask around and see what, what you can learn and mm-hmm. kind of go
0: from there. Yeah, for sure. No, I I know that um, even with the veterans now, they've started this VEAT program, right? To where veterans are now starting to utilize their GI Bill into getting into some of the trades out there, like the electrical industry and stuff like that. And I think it's a pretty good program to expose them to the line industry for so long, like with linemen in our industry, right? The only way you got into it is if you knew somebody or you related somebody in the line trade. It was very, very clandestine, real small community, right? Now, you know, you got veterans that are getting the opportunity through this V program to to come into the industry and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot more exposure for the trades, I see. And I think that's a good thing. Um, Not everybody was designed for college, like you said. And like, I agree and not everybody's designed for the trades and that's why there's college. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I think the major takeaway from all this is as a parent, are you putting in the work? Are you understanding your kids' strengths and weaknesses? Are you helping them develop into mature adults to make wise decisions? And are you going to support those decisions? at the end of the day, it's, it's a choice, right? So,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, but, uh, Brad, how can someone reach you? Um, can you please share with our audience about how to get your book and all that stuff? I just want to give you this opportunity to do that right now.
1: Yeah. So everything we do is at tamingthehighcostofcollege.com. So that's Mm -hmm. the name of the podcast. So wherever podcasts are sold, you can, you know, grab your podcast there. Obviously mine's free, but Um, all the podcast apps will have access to it. And then we also have things like financial aid calculator, scholarship guide for busy, busy parents, um, a number of other resources and a blog and a free new e-newsletter where Mm -hmm. if you want to sign up for that. And then ultimately, if you want to reach out to us, you can, there's phone numbers there. You can just give us a call and, uh or send us an email and we'd be happy to chat.
0: Awesome. And well, we'll put it also on the show notes. Thank you once again, Brad, for coming on our show and just sharing your expertise on uh, breaking the stigma around college. Um, it was very, very informative. And I thank you, man. I thank you for what you're doing, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for you guys listening, we just want to thank you guys for being a part of this great broadcast once again if you guys want to find out more information on what we do we encourage you to go to the showupdadfoundation.org hit us up check out our website check out our merch support us thank you